Hello, and thank you for joining us on this podcast episode of That's in the Bible. I'm Bob Pauline. The first question that uh, we'll address together today comes from Monica. And Monica sent in her question, Monica Winston from uh, Louisiana. And she brings up, uh, she brings up a topic, a, a topic about debate, you know, and um, it's, a debate is a practice that uh, many religions uh, engage in. And, you know, many of you have witnessed uh, two religious organizations uh, having a, a debate or religious discu uh, discussion about a particular topic. Monica has uh, witnessed such debate and it made her think and she posed a question. Let's take a look at Monica's question. And my question is, why do Christians debate against one another when they're in the same religion? Well, we're very thankful for Monica's question. But right at the outset, we, we need to respectfully, respectfully as we can, but nevertheless, point out to Monica and right at the outset that, well, Monica's question may make some, uh, some inaccurate assumptions. Uh, for, for example, can it be said that uh, all who claim to be Christian simply because they are claiming to be Christian, that makes them Christian? What do you think? No. I could say, I'm Donald Trump. Would my claim to be Donald Trump make me Donald Trump? Just claiming to be Christian, claiming to be Donald Trump, does not make it so. So, um, if then there's uh, those who are claiming to be Christian are, and are uh, conducting a public debate, public discussion on doctrine, and they're conducting that kind of a debate, does it mean that both of them are Christian just because they may claim to be Christian? Do you think they have to both be Christian then? Audience, what do you think? Let's go, let's go to, the, uh, to the Bible, and uh, here in uh, 1 John chapter, chapter 2, I, I promised that we would address all the questions and such from the Holy Scriptures, so let's begin doing precisely that. In verse 4, someone may say, I am a Christian, I am on my way to heaven, I belong to Christ, but if he doesn't do what Christ tells him to, he is a liar. According to the Bible, there are people out there who are claiming to be Christian. But the truth of the matter is, they're, they're imposters. And not only imposters, again, what did the Lord call them? Liars. The Lord called them liars. So everyone has to be very, very careful. Why? They have an intended purpose to tell lies have an intended purpose. What is that purpose of such false kind of teachers who are teaching and claiming to be Christian when in fact are but imposters? And, and what will happen to them? Uh, this time we turn to the, to the writings of, of Apostle Peter. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse, uh, verse 1, it says, but there were false prophets too in those days, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly tell their lies about God, turning against even their master who bought them. But theirs will be a swift and terrible end. 
Your friends, the, the Bible then makes, makes very, very clear that their end is going to be terrible. And it's going to be terrible because they have proven themselves to be false teachers with a purpose. And their purpose was to oppose or go against God. So they can claim to be Christian, but if that's what they're doing, that their claim to be such is proven to be false. So what are the false teachers and end up doing with the, with the truths of, uh, of the Holy Scriptures found here in, in, the, in the Holy Bible? Uh, allow me to read uh, once again. Uh, this, this time, 2 Peter, we turn to 2 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 16, which reads, Speaking of this as he does in all of his letters, there are some things in those epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist and misconstrue to their own utter destruction, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures. So what do the false teachers do? They misrepresent, they distort, they, they, they twist, they uh, mis, uh, misinterpret. And what, what did God say? It's not us who say it. What did God say would be the end, their end? He said they would end up uh, destroying themselves. So what does God expect true Christians to do? Should we, okay, and, and this, is, this is the point that I think uh, um, um, Monica and all those who would have similar type questions really need to pose. Should we, should we not, not challenge them? Uh, should, should we not accept their challenge? Should we just employ such ideologies embraced in the world nowadays? Oh, just live and let live, never mind. Just let them be, let them do what they want. Be, uh, be totally complacent. Can we just allow false teachers to lead people astray and not do anything? Is that okay? Because that's what so many would want a true Christian to do. Never mind. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. Can we, can we do that? No. What do you think? Studio audience. No. Can we? Should we? No. Let's, let's let... Let's let God give a, a very definitive response to that. Uh, and he, he, look how he instructs us. Ephesians 5.11 reads this way. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So what was God's instruction? He says expose them. So dear friends, when, uh, when any false teacher challenges the truths of God in the Holy Scriptures here, well, uh, by teaching what is false, for example, and, well, wants to discuss the doctrine publicly, well, we welcome the challenge. Why? To make known the truths that will lead a person to be saved. What will be used to correct that errant doctrine of false teachers that, well, are claiming to be Christian? I'll give you a clue. What do you think would be the tool used to correct them? Yeah, of course. That's, uh, that's what's contained here in the, in the Holy Scriptures. So, how will that tool, the Holy Scriptures, what's God's instruction on, on how that's, that's to be used? 
Let's take a look here, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse uh, 16. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. What's the tool to be used? The Holy Scriptures. In what way is it to be used? It will be used to correct. We use the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, which is, as we read, inspired by God, and it is inspired by God to correct, errant, or false doctrine in hopes that they, as well as their hearers, their followers, will be restored to obedience and brought to conform uh, once again to God's will. And you know, it is God's will that people have to be led to fulfill, not the will of anyone. That's, that's what will happen. People will be led to fulfill God's will as long as they will allow themselves to be directed only by the teachings of God. So what does God's uh, will reveal? What's God's word and what does it teach us about being a true Christian? Because that was the question of Monica. You know, she seemed to be uncertain about uh, being a true Christian when she saw two people with different belief, and because they both claim to be Christian, her question is, well, how can that be? They're of the same religion. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's not the case. That's not the case uh, at all. So, uh, did the Apostle Paul use the teachings in the, in, in the Holy Scriptures? Did the Apostle Paul use the Word of God? Did the Apostle Paul use debate with those who were in error with the intent to correct them. Let's, that's a question again. And we turn to the Holy Scriptures in Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And Paul entered the synagogue, as was his custom. And for three Sabbaths he engaged in discussion and friendly debate with them from the Scriptures. So what do you say, studio audience? Did Apostle Paul debate? Yes. What was, what was the purpose? What was the intent of Apostle Paul in engaging in public discussion and using the Scriptures to correct those that were in error? Well, if we uh, go to chapter uh, 18, verse 4, it, it tells us the purpose, his purpose. And he reasoned and debated in the synagogue every Sabbath, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Apostle Paul's purpose and intent was very clear. He wanted to persuade people. Once he realized that there were those that were being taught false teachings that would bring about their destruction, he wanted to persuade them, so he engaged in such kind of open dis uh, and public debates and discussions. They did not merely uh, do that to, uh, to compare notes. He didn't do that just to have an entertaining uh, discussion, and he did not do it to make any compromise. He did it to correct, he did it to persuade people to embrace the truth. 
the truth that will save them. So, my dear friends, what's the truth? What's the truth that will save? Not according to me, not, not according to any preacher in the midst of any public discussion of any kind. What is the truth according to Jesus that would lead a person to be saved? In the prayer of our Lord Jesus, in, uh, recorded in John 17, he made mention of this in verse 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. How did Jesus introduce the truth? The truth is what? Studio audience, what's the truth? God's word. God's word. And, and where's, where's God's word recorded? In the Bible. What will it do according to what we just read? It will what? Sanctify. sanctify. What's the meaning of sanctify? Make what? Holy. Holy. Make clean. It will cleanse. It has the power to cleanse. What does? The truth. If there then are teachers claiming to be Christian, but what they're teaching is not the truth, they got to be corrected. Because the people who will follow them will not be cleansed, they'll maintain un being unclean in the eyes of God because of sin, and they will not make it to the kingdom of heaven. The people have to hear the truth, and of course, they have to follow and obey the truth, not just hear it and, and disregard it. So what was an important truth revealed by Jesus the Savior? What is instruction did he give which would lead to our cleansing and ultimately to one's salvation on the upcoming day of judgment. We again turn to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. His response is recorded here in the book of John chapter 10, verse 9. What truth did he say? I quote, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Do we all believe this is the truth? Yes. Why do we believe it's the truth? Who said it? The Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe it. It's the truth. If we want to be saved, we must follow the truth. We must obey the truth. What did he say? Enter in by me if you want to be saved. Those who will be saved will not disregard the instruction. What did all of the early Christians who heard these teachings of Christ and his apostles, who were teaching these things, when they heard these instructions, how did they comply? What, what did they do with this uh, truth? Let's take a look at the action that they took. It's recorded in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 and 13. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. What is it that they all did? They all became members of but, what's the number? One. One, one what? Body. One body. They complied with the instruction of Jesus. 
It's the truth that they believed would lead them to salvation. They did not disregard it. They followed it and entered into his body, becoming a member of that one body, what's referred to as the body that they all, that they all gathered themselves into. In uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. What's the body? The church. The body is none other than the church. Beloved friends, why do we believe that that is so important, that all of us will comply with the truth of Jesus to be gathered together in one body, the church? Why do we believe that? Because? in the Bible, exactly. And, and what church, what did the apostles believe to be the name of the church into which all people were entering to comply with the instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ? What did they do? Just enter any church that was the nearest one, to the, maybe to their house, the one that was most convenient to travel to? the one that uh, uh, fit all of their cultural desires, what is it that they did? They became a member of what church? Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers to feed the church of Christ which he has purchased with his blood. What did the apostles know to be the name of the church wherein the, those who heard the truth and chose to follow and embrace it, where they found themselves within the confines of what church? The church of Christ. The church of Christ that you are listening to today, the church of Christ that invited you here, the church of Christ that you tuned into on direct TV or on the internet or in whatever way that you are viewing this particular program, that's in the Bible. So don't be like those, don't be like so many in this world who will just attend, attend a debate or uh, listen, to a, uh, listen to a discussion about doctrinal truths. Hear the truth, they do but will not implement it in their life, will not obey it, and then just simply call themselves, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus. No. We can claim to be anyone. We can claim to be anything. We can claim to be a Christian, but if we reject Christ's truth, we have no right to call ourselves a Christian who then are truly Christian. Those that will follow Christ, obey his instruction for salvation, enter in through him into his body, into the church, which the apostles called the church of Christ. And that's why we continue to extend our invitation because these few moments that we spend is just the scratching of the surface. Remember, not all ideas are always worth um, debating about, but for as long as there are false Christians, for as long as there are false teachings, for as long as there are false preachers leading people to their destruction, there will also be true Christians tasked by the Lord to persuade people to come back to the truth, 
just like what Apostle Paul did. So we thank you, Monica, for that question that you posed about debates and why is it that we do not shy away from debating. We will never shy away. We're the holders of the truths in the Holy Scriptures and we will use that to defend always. Make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, That's in the Bible, and turn on your notifications for new episodes. Please feel free to email your questions about the Bible, about salvation, to answers at incmedia.org. I'm Brother Bob Pauline, and we hope you join us next time for more programming of the Iglesia Ni Cristo Church of Christ. To watch episodes of That's in the Bible, go to incmedia.org. Thanks again for listening. God bless.